Hello and welcome to Dream Space from Factory International with me, Gemma Kearney. I'm a broadcaster, an art lover and most definitely a daydreamer. I've always been a bit obsessed with the power that our own minds have when you give them a little space to run wild. When you let your imagination just unlock and dream up whole new worlds. In every episode of Dream Space, we're inviting a special guest to take over our minds and our imaginations to create their ultimate dream space. Transporting us to a place filled with whatever they want, creating their perfect lineup of art, music, inspiration, even food and more. We want to push the boundaries of what's possible and create new visions together, asking the question, what kind of art the world needs right now and inventing tomorrow together. There's no limits to dreams, so open your mind, get relaxed, and let's get dreaming. Today, our dreamer is the brilliant Jen Nakiru. Jen is an award-winning artist, director, and visionary filmmaker from Peckham, whose work is rooted in the history of black music, Afro-surrealism, experimental film, and the black arts movement. Her own particular style of filmmaking is distinctive, switching between eras and locations in a process that she describes as cosmic archaeology. She's directed documentaries, cinematic shorts and music videos, including the critically acclaimed music video for Beyonce's Brown Skin Girl, which won the Best Music Video Award at the 2021 Grammys. For Factory International, Jen is creating a brand new film which reflects on space time and memory, intertwining Manchester's industrial history with modern day architecture, paying homage to the people and culture that make up a city. This is Jen Nakiru's dream space. Hello Jen, thank you so much for inviting us into your dreams. Hi Gemma. So you're someone when looking at their CV, you know, has gone beyond many of our dreams as to success. You've worked with the greatest, you're combining genre, you're pushing boundaries, you're traveling the world. How exciting. Does it feel like you are living the dream, quote unquote? It's so funny, like you asked that question, too, because I was reading something recently. There's so many of us who were actually living within the dream of what we had always wanted because of human nature, you're almost always forecasting towards the future without even realising it, you know? And I think for me, like, that rings super true because it's not until I have... I mean, I'm aware of what I've done, but then I'm also aware of, like, my potential. And so in my mind and in my my life space and my orbit, I haven't even begun, you know? And I don't really have an intimate, close-up, example from which to say okay my path is like this you know like even if there are people who do what I do or who've done what I've done I'm like oh they're a different gender or oh they're from a different time or oh they're from a different country but in terms of my specific set of life experiences like being of Nigerian heritage and growing up in South London in Peckham to be exact on North Peckham Estate to be super exact and then moving to America and then going to a historically black college and university at HBCU at Howard University like it's such a particular <laughs> experience yeah. that I have that it's hard to reconcile it against okay I'm doing this but 
okay, who else has done this like this? And what was their path moving forward? And so it's such a reflection of my life experience. Like I've always felt very alone. Alone, not meaning lonely, just alone in terms mm. of my experience being mine. So it's very uncharted waters. And so everything is always, it's always an experiment, you know? It's for me, it's always a, a thing. And I think too, like when I think about what I've done so far, I don't lean on my accolades, but equally it's because accolades are not the center of why I do what I do. Neither are they um, the encouragement to do what I do. And I respect them and I'm grateful for them. And it's amazing to be able to sit amongst, you know, names that I consider my um, people that I look up to, you know. But the work for me is coming from a deeper space of understanding of a life's mission, you know. I'm a spiritual being having a very human experience and I asked to be here. And so a lot of what I'm exploring in my work really are my findings <laughs> or my observations of this thing called a human experience. So I say all that to say I'm driven by spirit. So I say all that to say whilst it seems like I've done a lot, I don't even feel like I've begun. Which is a which is oh! interesting yeah. yeah. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and I say it humbly because it really is like how I feel I don't think I've actually scratched the surface yet. I've not made my most dangerous work yet. And making dangerous work is important to me and I need to do that. Um I think what I've put out so far is a beginner's guide to an orientation to my universe and so where I'm at now is really taking time to step back a little bit not a lot but I step back a little bit just to have more time and space for myself again being here to go back into spaces I used to be and to have time to think and think about expansion and how do I take this to the next level how do I help people including myself but how do I help us see ourselves in different ways and give us almost permission to do things and see ourselves and be in ways outside of what's expected of us. And it's so interesting how, like, at the centre of the making and the formation of the structure of, like, storytelling is a sense of spirit and understanding that, you know, you can tap into that in multiple realms. One, of course, like being dreams. It's funny, I think when we think about ancestry or spirituality, there seems to be like a seriousness around it. But I tend to feel in my space, at least, there's a very keen playfulness. Like I like to say like my ancestors are super playful and they're really funny and they're, they're, they're all about jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're all about, <laughs> like, it's all about, it's really about banter. Like, they're in this plane where they get to be so playful and all of that. And sometimes they tap into individuals like myself in this plane. And whilst, you know, there's, they're very much keen on making me aware of the mission, it's always in a loving, very fun kind of way. So dreams are definitely one where they get to, like, just dance and be playful. And I have very visual dreams, you know, um, dreams that I think I have like dreams that are from years ago that I'm only now understanding. Oh, that's what that was about. Oh, OK, I'm still trying to work that out. I wanted to take that moment to go into this particular dream space for any ears listening and minds and hearts open right now to go on this journey with you, Jen. How do we 
begin? Like we're here, we're open, and it sounds like your dreams are so important and expressive to your work. If there were no limits, what does the dream space look like when we first walk in? Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, do we have words to describe the colors and the visions and the people and the feelings? Yeah. Like it's really, English languages, it can be quite limited when you're talking about stuff on this level. I will say this, rather than feeling like you're going to eat specific pieces of food, you it's almost like it's um, all these flavors and all these feelings and all these tastes already a part of your being. So you want for nothing external because it's all internal. All you almost have to do is just think what it is you're wanting to taste and it will just be. Mm. So there's no sense of even hunger. There's no sense of like extreme desire because you have it, you know, mm. and it's all around you. The moment you think it, you don't need to bring a fork to your mouth to taste it. You think and the, if you think about the thing, it is, it already exists and you're already enjoying it and you're already in that moment. Nothing feels heavy. Everything feels light, you know, everything feels sweet, sweet on a level that the satisfaction of whatever you're enjoying just feels very immediate, you know, mm. and you can have as much as you want because this is an abundant space and you don't feel weighed down by the amount that you have. And it's so abundant that there's enough for everyone. It's replenishable. Also, something that's really big to me, <laughs> I've talked about this before, is a sense of hydration and like water. You feel... <laughs> you feel like there is this sense of nourished we're nourished in your space yeah there's no sense of lack you know I love that sweet taste from our own imaginations when I was a kid in maths class particularly double maths class I would spend a lot of the time sitting at the back reenacting that scene in the Peter Pan film where you actually can imagine food to become reality just really trying to conjure up the the flavors of a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Like, can't you taste the sauce? You know that special yellow sauce with the little bits of onions. Yes, I can taste it. <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. <laughs> it really did. Like, it it filled the time in quite a good way. It's like great procrastination. Um. I, okay, so in your space, we, we get to individualise sweetness and it is a feeling rather than an actual food. And I love this. If we're in this liminality and you are curating this experience, are there any particular colours or objects? Because again, dreams and architecture and sense of place is, is very much in your work. In this particular dream space, what do we see? It's definitely going to be a place that can shapeshift. Colour-wise, I imagine deep blues uh, tend to be a moniker of my work because it is like a colour that on some level um, helps me access things and I can taste and feel things with that colour. It's very synesthetic for me on that level. And then also a sense of a place being completely absence of colour, like black but with the introduction, almost like black being a backdrop and then with a sense of iridescence, you know, like colours that are like, if we imagine like the colour wheel, that spectrum is like almost like expanded times 
10 and there's a level of sparkliness i think i feel like on some level even as i'm saying this now i'm thinking about barry gordy's interpretation of the wizard of oz the wiz like in that movie there is a moment where we have babies like floating in space um and it's like and they're like dressed in like they're so cute and they're dressed in like all this like sparkly attire and I just think there's a level of that kind of sense of magic you know of an infinite so even let's take away the whole idea of a black void I imagine like an infinite like portal like a circular space that is filled with different colors like multi-dimensional colors that if you move perspective like the color changes considerably and it conjures a different feeling and emotion but you're traveling through this space you know again it's synesthetic so you can taste the colors and the colors conjure up different emotions on a really real level you know that's what i imagine and then also like it's boundless you know so you can hop around you can move around you think about like on an earthly way that far side video that was directed by spike jones years ago where everything's going backwards so i kind of play with that there's a film i have called rebirth is necessary and i kind of play with that it's that kind of sense of like even though you see hard surfaces or you think things are supposed to have a particular impact they don't if you hit it it's you'll still light on it it's still it still holds you in a certain way and you bounce back. I tell you, when I feel like that in terms of watching something, it's whenever I see Soul Train videos. I just feel like anything is possible and I feel like people can fly. Can we dance in your dream space? Yes, we can dance. We can do whatever we want to do in my dream space. <laughs> What's the playlist though? I feel like you're going to have some good tunes. Oh my God. Okay, this is when it starts to get super, super tough. Okay, definitely we want some P-Funk in there. Parliament Funkadelic, maybe. Nice. We want some Diller in there. We want some Stevie Wonder in there. Oh. We want some Fella Cootie in there. We want some Stereolab in there. We want some Ohio Players in there. <laughs> we want... Um... This is a great night. This is a great dream. We just, we're just going to, like, traverse. Also, like, it's such a thing for me, too, like, to move through time using sound as well. Like, we want some yeah. indigenous drumming in there. Like, yes. that's what we want. Yes. Like, like, just indigenous drumming patterns. Because for me, the drums are the first telephone, you know? So they always act as a call for us and situate us like the drumming this indigenous drumming would be the palate cleanse to each of these moments with each of these mm. sounds that i'm describing i feel so oh i really love it i'm I, this is my my kind of place mysticism is very much within your work is there any type of mystic experience that we have in your dream space because it's all very psychedelic and i'm loving that the tunes are banging and seamlessly working but do we go anywhere or experience something perhaps you know for those that might be a little bit apprehensive this is really opening people up is there an experience that we can offer them that invites them into the fun playful elements of mysticism Mm, yes there's a sense of wholeness and completeness 
the feeling, it makes me actually quite emotional thinking about this. It's actually stirring something in me. It's a feeling that I wish for every human being. I wish for myself. A sense of innate completeness. That in a given moment, we are the past, we are the present, we are the future. That we want nothing from outside of us. So that everything that does come from outside of us just seems like a special gift. A sense of feeling enough being enough and beyond even the enoughness <laughs> of it all mm -hmm. being versions of ourselves that are our best selves and so because we want for nothing our interactions are so pure and so honest and so loving and so real and so deep and so curious like that's the feeling that I want for us you know um, and I want for every single human being. I love it. This portal is very beautiful. Do we need to be wrapped in anything, dressed in anything, wearing anything in particular? Mm. For me, no. You don't need armor because you don't need to protect yourself from anything. You don't need clothes because there are no sense of shame. You know, in terms of like, climate or temperature you don't have to worry about that so you really don't have a need for any of these things and then equally these are non this is all non-sexualized you know on a level of it's safe it's literally just that safe and just that pure a friend of mine was telling me about here in dc we went to the wharf which is the water side and she was telling me about a little girl it was summer and she was just running. I mean, she must have been like two years old. Like she's just running around like stark naked, like laughing at the top of her voice, like just having a good time, like in her own mm. world, doing her own thing. And I said to my friend, I was like, in a perfect universe, I can't say on earth, but in a perfect realm in a perfect reality that's a level of freedom really everything i go towards i'm going towards a sense of freedom that's the level of freedom that i want for all of us you know unencumbered unfettered unmarred by this plane like just a space where you can be and all of that stuff that we spend so much time as human beings like placing so much energy and capital and shame and energy and these things become nothing because we see each other oh. on a deeper spiritual plane like that's my dream and that's where I hope to go to in this next realm you know that's what I'm looking for are there any other art makers thinkers dreamers that we find in this space mm. yes oh my gosh I see, I mean, Prince has to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Prince has to be there. Gosh. I see my grandparents and my great-grandparents have to be there for me personally. And I think they will be super cool to be there for us. I see artists whose work I, I love, such as like Maya Darren, like I see her there. I see a friend and a scholar who passed away not long ago, Greg Tate. He has to be there. Greg has to be there. I see Nikki Giovanni there. I see us there. Oh my God, there's countless people. 
thinkers and artisans and artists and intellectuals from all different spaces, but I imagine us being united in movement. I'm really saying it's a party, mm. is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what an expansive, vibratory, everlasting <laughs> party where all this knowledge across all these mediums and all these specialities in a weird way, they're all translated into movement. And so the language is in the movement of the people. Movement features so much in my work. I believe that movement holds the codes, and you see this in a lot of indigenous cultures around the world as well. Movement holds the codes to reaching the next plane, you know? So really the movement is the translation of the knowledge. That's how I see it. So um, all these brilliant people, I see us all united in movement and the movement being the translation and the fuel to take us to the next plane and then we reach the next plane and it's like infinitely just getting more and more and more and more and more exact and closer, if I can say that, to this loving space, you know? Some of us have these evolved dreamlike spaces and have been a part of them and not so afraid of them for a while but they can be quite big and quite scary and quite different to the world that we wake up into every day but how can we feel this sense of hope and universal love like what's the beginning of of getting into this kind of dream space i have a practice i've been doing for years it's not particularly sexy it's just almost every day i do yoga and i do a form of hatha yoga called Bikram yoga and what that allows me to do is every single day have a relationship or conversation with my feelings my body essentially allows me a space of meditation finding wherever possible spaces where you can be sounds as well that you can access or have in your space during this meditative state what are the sounds that allow your mind to, and you know, for every individual it's different, but what are the sounds and the music that allow your mind to feel settled and allow your mind to wander and allow your mind to think and feel abstractly? Take those sounds, find a quiet space or comfortable space for yourself. Sit with those sounds, allow those sounds to be omnipresent in your area. So really just wear headphones. Take really deep breaths and lie down if you can lie down. Or if you can't lie down, find a space or a shape for your body that feels secure for you. And just breathe. Allow your thoughts to flow. Imagine yourself at your best. What does that feel like? Forget what it looks like. The most important thing is, what does that feel like? And to be in that space and to imagine yourself beyond the confines of where you're at. It's a very personal space, isn't it? Incredibly personal space. And I think you hit the nail on the head because for me, I always go back to a quote from Maya Angelou who says, you know, people forget what you say, people will forget what you think, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And feeling, I've always talked about this, feeling is at the centre of my work and everything I do. It's 
my focus, even as a filmmaker, as much as it's very craft-driven, is to focus on what is the feeling we want people to have in this moment? And how can we use the tools and the apparatus we have around us and within us to get us to that feeling space? Like, that is what I'm focused on. So you really hit on that. The moment that you're looking for sometimes comes in really unexpected ways. So you might think, oh, it's when X or Y happens in my life, I'll feel this. But then you'll be surprised. Sometimes these really shape-shifting, pivotal, life-changing moments happen in really quiet and small spaces, you know? And so that's my thing, you know, to kind of like receive some of that level of freedom in this, that we're speaking about, of in this dream space, in this plane, in this world, in the everyday, day-to-day, it's really, for me, about use meditation as a way of, like, covering yourself in the feelings and emotions that feel good to you. Because I know from person to person it, it differs, you know? So, yeah. I'm Gemma Kearney and you've been listening to Dream Space from Factory International. Today you heard Jen's vision and you can join us next time as our guest takes us on a journey around their dream space. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast. Your support really does mean a lot. Tell everyone about it, share it on your socials. And if you can't wait until the next episode, you can head to Factory International's website and find more exciting artistic content on Factory Plus. And if you missed any of the earlier episodes, then you can find them there too. See you next time. Happy dreaming. Hey, Sarah. Farewell. Dream Space was hosted by me, Gemma Kearney, and the series is produced by Katie Callan and Tess Davidson, with sound design by Femi Oriogan-Williams and Tess Davidson, and theme music by Carmel Snickerskill. The executive producer is Dan Jackson, and it is a reduced listening production for Factory International, curated by Scott Smith and Alex Mannion-Jones.